It is Sunday, chair shot podcast day, as it has been for nigh on a decade, gentlemen. This is the night we belong on. We're back on it here. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by the ever dependable co-host slash producer, Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello! And also with us, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening. It is a good evening. Lads, we're back on Sunday. We're talking to each other twice in one week. The listeners, they don't know what's happening. They're getting they're getting more CSP than they ever, ever, ever could have bargained for. Well, you know what? You deserve it, folks, okay? You deserve it. I mean, um, in a sense, they're getting the same amount because we didn't do one last Sunday. It was two days late. Well, because... Um, okay. To, you know, take counts of how many we do, you know, total or whatever. You could say that, perhaps. But, you know, uh, let's not do that. Anyway, uh, what has been going on in your lives, lads, in the last four days uh, uh, since we last chatted? Uh, I'm just back, uh, just in the door, from a lovely day in Galway, out there on Ireland's west coast. Galway. for their uh, lovely Christmas markets, which just opened this weekend. Came back into Limerick City just in time for the uh, official turning on of the Christmas lights. So I'm just overloaded with cheer. And did, also, I didn't. You the guest of honor. Did you turn on the lights? I turned it up. They're like, oh, here he comes, folks, right on his way to host the Chair Shop podcast. That's right, two in one week. Never say Rogan's dead. You're, you're pumped up. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, he's our, our, the second most famous person from Limerick, i.e. the second person who's ever broadcast from the city. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I've seen so many hordes of people. Uh, it was crazy. I mean, I I didn't actually stop by the, the lighting ceremony. I, in fact, quite deliberately tried to uh, go around it and avoid being involved in it because it's like... Avoid being recognized. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had my I had my CM Punk uh, shawl. It's the style of Gorilla Island. I had my 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 face covered and all that, but no, it's like, um, like I don't know, a hundred thousand people or some mad shit like that. Like it's yeah. the turning on of the Christmas lights in the city. I assume it's it's the same in most cities, but it's almost like it's like the second biggest gathering of the year behind St. Patrick's Day. It's absolutely mad. And I went to it last year, and it's shit. It's like they <laughs> they they close off the main streets, they the O'Connell streets in in um in Limerick. They pedestrianize it, you know, for the day. They have some you know speakers blaring Mariah Carey. They have some some fellas walking around in like frozen mascot uh, outfits. Uh, they have a local DJ or whatever saying, folks, uh, coming up now, we're just about oh, three hours and 45 minutes away from turning on the lights. And, and that's about it. And people mill around buying Christmas balloons and all that. And, and every now and then, a guest, a local celebrity or council member or me gets up on the stage and says, oh, it's great to be here. You know, Limerick, we're feeling the Christmas cheer. Can't wait to see these lights going on. And then eventually they flick them on and they set off fireworks. And the fireworks are usually all right. I, I did see the fireworks going off. But it's like 
people and I know it's kind of just it's like a tokenistic thing it's like the beginning of the season but oh my god you just can't you can't draw your leg in town and as I said I was trying to dodge it and I was like I picked up like a bag of chips just on my way home from the train station and I just about beat the rush because it's just the entire world and their mother is out uh, for for the, uh, the event but uh, the lights are on so um, the good thing is, right? I was <laughs> that'd be a huge disappointment if, if, after all that, the lights weren't turned on. Well, yeah, no, no, they they stick them on, good, yeah, good, working good. and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's good. So um, and uh, the good thing is, I may not have been here for the actual ceremony, but they turn them on every night, baby, so I can see him whatever I want. Just go tomorrow. <laughs> uh, can I guess the kind of level of some of the celebrities that were there? Uh, well, I don't know who was there this year, but you can certainly I can't, and I also can't remember who was there last year. It is literally, it is literally just local DJs. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm gonna say Limerick Junior Hurling, not even the captain, left back, <laughs> and uh, uh, Paddy yeah. Paddy uh, Kyo, and I'm gonna say Love Island auditionee, not even on the show, uh, Brent. Uh, Tyrrell. Oh, I've got it in one. Well done. There wow. You there you go. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, d- didn't bother with any of that. But Galway was lovely. Good bit of atmosphere around the nice town. Got some bargains. Got my, did some shopping. I did a lot of shopping this week. I did a lot of the Christmas shopping. I like to get it out of the way nice and early. So, where is um, the market in Galway? Is it in the city, like Air Square or in that kind of area? Yeah, it is, it is literally in Air Square. It's oh, right bang it. in the middle of the city. Uh, all the stalls pop up around there. There's a Ferris wheel. It's great. It's, it's, um, like the actual stalls themselves, like, it's not like there's any kind of blow away stuff in there. It's just, you know, a couple of local small businesses, they have little stalls, they're selling food, they're selling handmade wares and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it just brings a bit of atmosphere to the city and, and there's decent shopping to be done in Galway anyway. So, um, mm. yeah, it was nice. I, I, I would recommend popping up to, to that at some point uh, if, if anyone in Ireland is looking for something to do between now and the actual day itself. Uh, yeah, that's been pretty much uh, life go for me this week. Uh, I also went to Bingo on Friday night. Bingo! Uh, which I got absolutely sloshed at. I, <laughs> I was expecting that. Because uh, the, the, primary, the primary prizes they were giving away were drink vouchers. And I won the very Ooh. first game. And I got like five drink vouchers on top of the three they give you when you arrive. So I was loving it. I got completely wasted. I was under the but, impression that like... I don't want to generalize, but that older ladies would go to the bingo under, you know, the auspices of it being a sporting event, the comp- competition in it. Now I'm learning they're just going to get fucking locked. Well, so you thought it was an e-sport, did you? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so it was. Uh, that was good. That was a, 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 a company. That was a work night, so that was good. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, that was my week. What about uh, what about you, lads? What have you been up to? Um, went, went to a gig. Ooh, hello. Went to see Vampire Weekend on Wednesday night. Ooh, at uh, London's Alexandra Palace, also known as Ali Pally. Yeah. Um, so it's Michelle's favourite badge. You've seen them, I don't know, 10, 12 times. Uh, so she booked the tickets a while ago. Um, midweek gig. So we booked a Thursday off because 
I'll be honest, I, I can't stay out late on a weeknight. No, no, no. no. not having to go to a gig or whatever. Uh, so yeah, the Thursday off, that was all right. Um, I don't. I did go to a Vampire Weekend gig with her before. They're not really it's a band that I like that much. I got a couple of good tracks, you know. Um, but we went to a gig before, and it was it was a fun one. It was a morning gig. It was started at like eleven a.m. in the morning, which was great. Right. Because it was over by the afternoon, and I quite enjoyed that one, even though I didn't really know the songs. But um, this one was uh, horrendous. Um, there was no no seating. It's it's standing only. At Alexandra Palace, and there were thousands of people there, and so I was standing up probably for about three hours, um, surrounded by people. You couldn't move; you were packed in, and it was it was horrible. It was really horrible. I'll be honest. I was so relieved when we left. But that was one of my highlights of the year. Sleeping. <laughs> Um, so it wasn't it wasn't the band. It's not like having a vampire weekend. But to be fair, they did play a lot of songs. They must have played it thirty. Was the, the concert experience, more so. Yeah, it was the, more the experience, and it's it's not a bad venue. But when you're kind of stuck there in a really crowded kind of venue, and you're standing up, and you've been um, you know been at work all day. Also, I had my backpack with me with my work laptop in. Yeah, uh, so I was wearing that through the whole concert as well because was I was not going to put that on the floor or leave it with some shifty fucking cloakroom thank you well were you, um, were you kind of worrying the whole time then that someone was going to push into your back and well you see I'd also put my coat in my bag okay so the laptop was sort of in between my coat and my back so I wasn't too worried that it was going to get you know cracked smashed or anything yeah. but obviously that meant my bag was very big so the person behind me kept touching my bag yeah kind of just made, annoying me um, yeah, so that was annoying. And then, you know, we got the train home. That wasn't too bad. Um, then I was, just, I was just exhausted. Just standing in, the, in a perfectly still for three hours. You don't need it. No, I totally, um, totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've you know, made Michelle suffer, suffer through a lot of my cultural interests, mainly wrestling. Um, and the three and a half hours we spent watching The Irishman. Uh, last week as well. Yeah. Um, but I would never make a stand up for the whole time. You see, I wouldn't ask her to go to seven hour WrestleMania and stand up. Oh no, no. I'd make no. sure we had some, you know, seats and we could get a beer and. That kind Although of thing. when Barry went to WrestleMania that one time, he spent about seven hours standing up. That's true. Yeah, just uh, you, you're baking outside. I was like, I want to see it, lads. I want to see it. Well, I like I say, I understand where you come from, Joe, because we are going to a concert on Wednesday. Natty and myself go to see mm. Ghost in the Ooh. three arena. And I also bought some tickets this week to go see for the fifth time Tenacious D in the three arena. I was going to ask if you were going to go see that actually. Yeah. Both times they are seating tickets. Yeah. Yeah. See now, now, now that the knees aren't what they used to be, I got to play the game and get some seats rather than sitting there for yeah. three hours to see Jack Black wobble around the stage. You know? Yeah, the, these those are bands. You're not going to get anything from standing at those bands. Three Arena, you want to you want to see. You don't want to be down with the muck. Well, the thing um, is, because we went obviously Barry and myself went to see Metallica earlier this year. Ghosts were there and we had we had splashed out on the gold circle tickets. So I've seen Ghost already from about ten meters away. 
So I'm okay now to hang back and get some seats and enjoy the longer show, you know? And I think Tenacious D I've seen even closer. I've seen Tenacious D at the Academy, which is about the size mm. of half the Tivoli. So that was pretty good as well. Um, that, that was the other thing about this gig is that it's a big, big venue, yeah. which I don't really like. I like going to smaller venues where you can actually see the band on the stage. So otherwise, it's kind of like, well, what, what's the point? If I'm watching the whole thing on the screen because I've got a load of tall people in front of me. Yeah. can't see a fucking thing. Um, it's kind of funny. I like, I like going to those kind of small venues. I know um, um, people I know who go to Progress don't like when they go to the Alexandra Palace. Um, also, just uh, like not, not a cheap place to get a pint around either. I swear as well. Um, the last like four OTT shows I've been to, I always get stuck sitting behind the really tall person. I don't know why, but every time, I think. Is that hey, oh, Harry. No, no, no. But I think he's tall, isn't he? <laughs> I think um, tall people should have to sit at the back. <laughs> what? It's not a school photo. You can't dictate <laughs> where they have to go. Oh, this lad sitting in front of me at the at the um, stadium show. Oh, he must have been about six five. And and the other thing is right. I had to like slightly lean in my chair on one arse cheek, as if I looked like I was letting out a fart for four hours. And, <laughs> but I like to look around this lad's head, and then he would turn in every every um, couple of minutes to talk to the person next to him. I'm like, lad, when you lean in like that, I can't see the show. You're too big. <laughs> He must. He must have been massive because the the sight lines in the stadium are excellent. So uh, he, really he, he was big. He was big. Wow. But um. So hopefully now, when it comes to this uh, November one, which by the way, liking how that card is turning out, it um, is it is excellent. I the, the FOMO is getting it's getting kind of intense. Yeah. Um. But it, it looks great. It looks great. Yeah. Hopefully, I won't be stuck behind the giant for that one. Um. Yeah, so I'm going to go see Ghost. Very much looking forward to that. I I haven't yet put in for the Thursday off, but I think that's probably a good idea. Um. So I'll take the Thursday off, or at the very least, work from home Thursday because yeah, we get home late on the Wednesday night, and Natty doesn't work Thursday, so maybe it'd be nice to have a Thursday off. Uh, Guinea, the Guinea Pig's doing okay as well. She was obviously very sick the last day. Uh, they did x-rays on her and stuff and it's looking like she maybe doesn't have cancer after all mm. I think she might have some kind of thyroid uh, illness so we have her on some medication now and she seems to be doing a little bit better we're trying to get her to put a load of weight back on because she lost like a third of her body weight Oh. Um, so we're giving her like extra lettuce and stuff and she seems to be well happy with that um, so fingers crossed that should be okay that's kind of all the news from the last four days <laughs> I'm amazed we got, like, nearly 15 minutes of material out of it. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Well, that's just how good we are at riffing, Paul, you know? Yeah. Uh, we can chat a little bit about the telegoff uh, there. I watched, uh, very late to the party on this one, but on the train up to Galway, I watched an episode of The Wrestlers. Yeah. The Viceland or Vice uh, documentary series. I'd watched one episode previously. I watched the Gabe Sapolsky episode. Uh, and so on the train, I watched the episode that basically just talked very generally about Lucha Libre 
and what it all means and the aspirations of some luchadors to get to the States. Uh, Ray Phoenix was one of the, the focal points. Uh, really, really, really great. Like a really, really tremendous uh, documentary. Just a great insight into the culture and the passion of the people involved. My God, they really, they really sold you on it. They interviewed those uh, uh, those two guys who basically started the whole thing of wrestling at the traffic lights to um, to make a few bucks on the sides in uh, in Tijuana that were then discovered and signed by Conan to the crash. Um, just really, really great, really, really great. And they talked about the struggles in you know, modern, the modern context of getting into the US and all this other stuff. It was uh, really, really great. So I'm going to watch the rest of that um, series shortly. Uh, I watched half of another episode about exoticos in Mexico, which was pretty interesting. Um, so, um, I uh, yeah. I actually caught that first episode on TV. E. Um, maybe two months, three months ago, whenever it aired. The one with, about the luchadors fighting at the, the and really well to be honest at the like traffic yeah, lights as yeah. you say um yeah very very cool very interesting i haven't i haven't checked out any more but like I, as you say i think they're on the channel four on demand service but they are indeed they're on there and they are uh and they also have dark side of the ring as well mm. which is uh which is good or the bits of it I've seen have been good. Other than that, I have not watched a whole... Boy, all right, no, I've watched... I actually have watched a little bit of telly. About halfway through the latest season of Big Mouth, it's falling a little flat for me, unfortunately, which is very, very disappointing, because season one and two are tremendous, and, and some of my favorite things Netflix has done. So that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. But, um, you know, not terrible. I'm hoping they might end strong. Um, I watched, uh, finally, after starting it, like, earlier this year when it came out, I finished Sex Education, which is another Netflix original. Uh, obviously, by virtue of how long it took me to finish that, that's, um, uh, that one did also not keep my interest, which is a shame, because, again, I thought there was some really strong episodes early on, but just uh, didn't quite keep me. And I watched the new Rick and Morty, which I thought was a return to form. Mm-hmm. Um I think I enjoyed season three more than a lot of people, but it was definitely not at the level of the first two. And uh, first episode of season four, big, huge thumbs up, lots of laughs, uh, and some nice, um, you know, some nice self-awareness about it too. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's watch the old Rick and Morty. Paul, Paul, did you watch the Rick and Morty? Joe has to get to it. I watched the Rick and Morty. Um, and interestingly, I watched it like right before I watched the last three episodes of South Park, which I watched in a row. And let me let me tell you, it's been a while since there's been such a come down in terms of quality year on year uh, than there has been this season with South Park. Woof. And especially after watching it like right back to back with that new Rick and Morty. I mean, in terms of <laughs> being funny, in terms of creativity in terms of, and ironically, when it comes to South Park, in terms of being, like, modern feeling and, like, of the time. I mean, I think Rick and Morty has South Park being all hands down. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really, really excellent first episode. And Rick and Morty is, is, is a weird one because it's almost kind of the, the, 
the meta story or let's say the 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 real life aspect to Rick and Morty is kind of what you know divides divides people on it some some Rick and Morty fans are very annoying um which is true but I've always enjoyed the show you know I like once I think you pass out of like maybe you being a teenager or your early 20s you do reach a point where you realize it doesn't matter what other people think you can like whatever you want you don't have to like a band to be cool or, you know, you can like Rick and Morty. You can like uh, Linkin Park or whatever. You, you like what? Yeah, except wrestling. Uh, That's no, still wrong. That load of bollocks, lad. Um, I'll always be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> was a really great, really, really great Rick and Morty. And the best thing about it is, like, it, it feels cutting edge in the sense of it just being, like, super creative sci-fi. That is hilarious. So really really enjoyed that um like i say south park having a really bad season this this year um i'm i'm all caught up now on it up until episode seven which was the latest one um which has become kind of a newsworthy episode in that it it touches on um transgender athletes but did so and like i think it was probably the strongest episode of the season of albeit what's been a very very bad season the like Randy Savage uh, voice and image used in it is a bit weird, a bit out of time more than anything, given that Randy Savage has been dead for the better part of a decade. But, um, oh, I mean, that season up until now has been so, so poor. Like, down with the, the worst of modern Simpsons, just in terms, oh, wow. of, just in terms of being like a, a waste of a 20 minutes, you know? Um, not a laugh in sight painfully unfunny painfully uninteresting not not like sharp or clever in its satire like like good south park is and just like watching that one episode of rick and morty kind of reminded me what a good comedy cartoon can be like hey. um i also watched some robot chicken i watched eight episodes back to back today um Jesus. conversely that's been having quite a good season um robot chicken is one that can be very hit and miss but um generally better this season than the last few years i think uh which is good because robot chicken is always a show that i've enjoyed ever since uh you know the first season where i was like jesus it's like me playing with toys but a tv show <laughs> um and but you know robot chicken like i say can be hit and miss i think in, in recent years it's been kind of more more missed than hit but this season's actually been quite good so thumbs up to them thumbs up to rick and morty uh slap the bums for the south park boys um, and that's all I've had a chance to watch since we last spoke. Haven't well, I haven't caught up on the Watchmen yet. Um, and I watched oh, some yeah. of that in the week. Uh, and that's that's all I watch at the moment. Who watches the Watchmen? Not Paul. Not this week, folks. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, um, Michelle and I started watching the new series of The Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've been uh, very excited about. Um, Michelle wanted to watch it all today, and I was like, "New, new, 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 delayed gratification." We're going to watch one a night for a week. <laughs> do you know, Jill? Slow down, grab a hold, kids. We don't need to go do all that. <laughs> Hook the damn leg. Um, but we did watch. We did watch three episodes today. Okay, well, that's um, nice. That's not too bad. So we're going to say it's been very good so far. Um, I will say it's strange. Obviously, they've now recast the um, the actors. 
yeah. uh, playing the Queen and Prince Philip. And it is it's strange how it almost kind of completely resets your sort of investment in them because it, it, it's just now a different character. So you're almost kind of starting over again and rebuilding um, that sort of emotional investment in, in, in the characters and their relationships. Uh, and you're just kind of trying to figure out, like, who's who. Because they've not just replaced the main characters, they've replaced kind of all the, um, you know, all the kind of supporting characters, smaller characters as well. They, they've all got, kind of got older. Um, that's good. Um, enjoying that. Look forward to watching that next week. Um, in in Also in royal news, watched the Prince Andrew interview on BBC oh, yes. last night. Um, if you don't know what that is, so... You might have heard of a little fella called Jeffrey Epstein, oh, who yeah. was big paedophile bloke. What killed himself? Wink, wink. <laughs> um, um, Prince Andrew, who is the Queen's youngest son, was a uh, good mates with with this fella. Um, even to the point where he went and stayed with him for four days after he'd been convicted of uh, sexually assaulting a child. That was interesting. Um, so this is this he had been in the news quite a bit, and people were saying, "Well, why isn't the police investigating?" Blah blah blah. So Prince Andrew thought it'd be a great idea to come out and do a one-hour-long interview on, on BBC Two um, with a BBC journalist explaining what had gone on, and it it's, it was difficult to to keep in mind that this was a really kind of serious, horrific sort of subject because it was so hilarious at times and the things he was coming out with. Um, at one point it was brought up that one of the victims had seen him kind of, you know, sweaty and dancing at a party. And he said, actually that's impossible because due to a medical, medical condition, I physically can't sweat after uh, experiencing too much adrenaline during the Falklands war. Um, which was interesting. Uh, the night it was alleged he slept with a 17-year-old sex slave, he said he, could, he couldn't have done it because he was at a Pizza Express in the Woking. Um, and then he, he finished, and this was the kind of perhaps the most disturbing part. Um, at, the, at the end of the interview, Emily Maitlis, the, the BBC journalist, said, uh, is there anything else you want to add? Kind of like teeing him up to say, you know, to apologise for... To, you know, what happened to the victims, to embarrassing his family, for getting involved with this man. And he said, his answer to this, you know, is there anything else you'd like to add? He said, I think you've probably dragged out most of what is required. <laughs> Which is quite the answer when you're giving yeah. a, you know, contrite kind of interview about your involvement in these crimes to say, no, nah, I think you've, you've, you know, dragged my name through the mud enough. You know, sorry about that. So anyway, that was both um, horrifying, but also perversely entertaining in its own way. Um, so don't watch the whole thing, but definitely look up some of the gifs and the tweets about it. Yeah. The idea of a royal going to a pizza express at all is kind of funny. Um, well, that's why he said it was memorable. Because he said, yeah. well, no, I, don't, I don't go to pizza express. So. But yeah, that's, that is quite the for sure. Bizarre. Bizarre. Um, I think that's I think that's it for the telly guff this week. Paul, you've been listening to some music. Yeah, listen to some more Future Islands. Um, like I say, last week I was dipping my toe into the the early experimental stuff. 
this week I've been just listening to the hits. Oh, let me tell you. Um, Future Islands singles. Oh, probably one of my favorite albums now, baby. Mm. Um, oh, so good, so listenable. Great synth pop, but like, oh, like clever synth pop. Not that dumbed down shit that is also good that the kids be listening to. Oh, oh, oh the the little 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 uh, um little little Yankee candle. <laughs> well, I mean, like the clean bandits and the chain smokers of the world, Barry. Oh, yeah. I also heard some Lizzo in the week, and I only recognized oh, yes. from from Barry's uh, impersonation last week. There's the one like, uh, put on my lipstick, get my hair. I'm such a woman now, baby. <laughs> Sorry, she's the 1940s. <laughs> I don't know. But that. Oh, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a little frog dancing to it. Um. She had it on just on her phone table. I was like, "Is that Lizzo?" And she was like, "Yeah." I'm like, ah, oh, there you go. It was a good impression that Barry did. Um, but yeah, definitely give uh, Future Islands singles uh, a go. Or you know, if you've never heard Future Islands, uh, have a look at that David Letterman appearance they made back in like 2014. And if you like that, then listen to Future Islands singles because it's a hell of an album. And it's actually not a best hits or greatest hits album, despite what the name might suggest. It is just an album. But it is so good. It's so, so good. Um, and then in game news, or game guff, I should say, um, played a little bit more Undertale, probably about halfway through that. But that's on pause now because a Pokemon Sword is out, and I've been playing that. Since I got home from work on Friday, and I'm about nine hours in already, and uh, it's very fun. It's um, it's definitely not a departure from the formula like um, Breath of the Wild, or even kind of like a, a modernizing reinvention like Mario Odyssey. It is kind of the same formula that they've always used, but kind of blown up a little bit in size so like i'm nine hours in as i say give or take right i've caught about 60 pokemon already i don't have my first badge yet so the the game is kind of stretched out a little bit more visually a lot a lot better looking than the 3ds siblings um, which you would expect being on the switch but even the world kind of is more detailed and feels a lot bigger and the probably the most interesting new thing that I've come across so far, big open world, 3D open world areas for you to explore and catch your little Pokemon in. And that's something that kind of the game has been um, in dire need of is a little bit of exploration. Because despite being kind of a, you know, quote unquote open world RPG, the Pokemon games have always been very, very linear. And now you have like this open world. You can kind of well, not not the entire game is not open world, but these areas that are very very big, kind of uh, open field areas that you can kind of go around and explore and find little secrets in it. It's something that definitely the series is kind of needed. So I'm enjoying it very much. Natty is actually playing it right at the moment. She's playing the Pokemon Shield, um, 
and it kind of retained one thing that I, I like a lot about it that is retained from the the previous editions is this um, surprise trade option where you can just put in a random Pokemon and get a random Pokemon from someone else in the world. Like, it's just a complete randomly uh, picked person and just get, like, a surprise trade. So I've actually got one of the other starter Pokemon, um, which is a nice little surprise. Like, oh, I got one of the other starters, one of the ones I didn't pick. And that's, like, a cool little feature that you can just whack... Let's say you catch a, a rare enough Pokemon, but you you have two of them. You can trade one away, give it like a, a nice little gift to someone else out there in the world, and every now and then you'll get a nice little gift from someone else in the world. So it's a nice little system. Um, so enjoying that. Uh, obviously, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has come out, and that's got quite good reviews as well. So that's something I might look at as we head into uh, the Christmas period. But Pokemon is my game at the moment. I still want to get Undertale finished before the end of the year. I have Outer Worlds already uh, booked for Christmas, let's say. And um, maybe Jedi Fallen Order would be a good little Christmas game as well. That's kind of my game schedule, let's say, for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I, I want to finish the games I'm working on before I get Star Wars. Also, in in the time it's going to take me to finish like Control and stuff, I'd like to see them maybe put out a patch for that Star Wars game. It doesn't look like it's... does not look like it well, runs very well. Are there performance that. issues with it, are there? Oh, pretty significant ones. Oh, and, like, goodness. I'm already playing... C- Control is already pushing me to my limits in terms of... Uh, I I so I'm like another chapter deep. I, that's the only thing I played this week. I didn't even put it on the rundown because I've I've talked about it plenty. Man, that game really runs badly. It really, really runs badly, and I just I'm so intrigued by it that I want to keep going. But it takes me forever to to get through it because I I just play it in bursts. But uh, yeah, I watched the the giant bomb quick look, and even just that's just a an hour long slice of it, and they were just bumping up against things left, right, and center, and wonky frame rate, and things not loading in, and. Uh, characters getting caught on geometry. I was like, all right, I might, I'll, I'll finish what I have and I'll see if there's a patch for that and maybe I'll come back to it. Uh, but it does look good. It does look good. Um, yeah. And actually, I have to get back to the Outer Worlds as well. Uh, actually, today in Galway, uh, I picked up a Plague Tale Innocence uh, sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a very key game, so I'll jump into that at some point as yeah, well. Yeah, I believe that got quite good reviews as well. Yeah, it looks a little, looked a little Hellblady, a little bit, a little bit Last of Us. So I'm like, all right, I'll, this this looks like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the old game guff there for the week. Also, Stadia is launching with a whimper this week. I think. Yeah. Did, did you hear the like the the launch lineup? The, like the twelve games that launch with it. Yeah. That you yeah. have to buy separately anyway. Apart apart from Destiny, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. So if you're if you're getting into it this week, you're in the Founders Edition yeah. people. Uh, you get Destiny for free, I guess, but also that's a game, or Destiny 2, rather. That's a game that's been out for, like, two years. Um, There's, like, no new uh, games in the lineup. They're all old games. They've got, like, one exclusive, yeah. Um, one indie game, yeah. And, and like, Red Dead is interesting because it's, like, that's, a, you know, a fucking big massive triple a game to test out on but again it's something that everyone and their dog has bought and played already um, that's the thing that, is it, it's a big name but it's it's one that doesn't necessarily still have a lot of 
steam behind it. Like, you don't hear still people playing Red Dead. And it's like, I was listening to the uh, to the, the Japanese cast this week, and, and they, they kind of summed up my feelings on it well, which is, every time you remember that this is not some kind of Game Pass service, it's like shocking again when you remember that's not the case. It's like, oh yeah, you, you don't get anything with this. Signing up to this doesn't get you anything. And yeah. so it's like, I would absolutely love to pay, you know, a tenor and play um, a, a 4K version of Red Dead via my Chromecast. That would be cool. But the idea of buying that expensive controller and setting up an account and then paying 60 quid to rebuy this game I played last year, I mean, it's just it's just madness. But um, uh, I am I am still I am still massively, massively curious about the uh, the takes on that one. Uh, so that's the game guff there for the week. What about the movie guff? Who's who's seen a movie? Not me. Mm-hmm. I watched one old movie. Um, off the back of seeing The Irishman, uh, I was flicking through the old uh, Now TV and saw one of my favourite comedy movies, My Cousin Vinny, starring uh, Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, and uh, the Karate Kid himself, Ralph Macchio. Um, haven't seen it in many years, but we had it on VHS when I was a kid, so I watched it over and over again. Still hilarious. Bloody hilarious movie. Uh, and an Academy Award winning movie as well. Uh, Marissa Tomei won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. If you've never seen it, give it a watch. It's very, very funny. Uh, Joe Pesci p- plays a kind of typical... Fast-talking New York lawyer who's kind of out of his depth when his uh, nephew, uh, Ralph Macchio, gets arrested in Alabama in the Deep South. Uh, and he goes down to try and help him uh, win his case. It's very, very funny. Kind of fish-out-of-water uh, comedy. Mm. I've never seen that one, but it does sound interesting. Yeah, sounds good. It's, good. it's a very good movie. It's very I was just good. looking at the... Um, the Wikipedia entry for it. Uh, actually, sorry, IMDb. Uh, I'm sure they're not, you know, the same anywhere close to the same age. But it's funny how differently Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei have aged since then. <laughs> like that movie's '92, so it's nearly what coming up on 30 years old. Yeah, Tomei looks about the same, albeit with a different haircut. Joe Pesci is like looks like the crypt keeper these days. Well, he's twenty years older than he him. did have a head start. To be fair, he's nearly eighty. <laughs> so I think everyone in the Irishman is like nearly eighty at this stage, aren't they? Yeah, pretty, well, pretty not well. the young people in it, obviously. But no, no, but, uh, the young people are not eighty. The people <laughs> that are nearly eighty are nearly eighty. All the, I mean, all the, all the like main cast, like your Pesci, your Pacino. Your uh, De Niro, they're they're like all nearly in their late seventies at least, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a movie film. Um, oh, go for it. I had a you know I was staying in last night. Um, well, until I last minute decided to go out after watching this dreadful film. Um, I and so I had an old Netflix evening, and I was like, all right, I want to watch something easy. Let's watch a comedy. Something I haven't seen before. I was scrolling through my list, and I was like, "All right, Grown Ups 2. 
I'll stick. I've seen that. Um, <laughs> that was better. That was better than this. Oh um, wow! Wait, actually, I take that back. I've not seen the second Grown Ups. I've seen the first Grown Ups. Okay. Um, I watched David Brent Life on the Road. Okay. Um, which is the uh, ill-fated uh, follow-up, I guess, to The Office. I mean, I guess that's technically what it is. I mean, yeah, uh, I think that's explicitly what it is. Uh, but just obviously, you know, Gervais solo this time. No, uh, no merchant there in the in the in the writing or the directing. Um, and God, it was shite. I was absolute. It was uh, like, uh, like one of the worst films I've seen in ages. I mean, it was terrible. Um, wow. It's like it's like. It's like he's do- it's actually unfair to his comic relief skits to say it was like someone doing a comic relief skits version of Brent. It's just like this pared down shitty version of the character that just does all the the basic sort of tropes and absolutely nothing else um uh, of any value and the character isn't remotely likable at all so when they rush at the very very end of the film to try and give it some kind of happy ending doesn't feel justified at all. Um, every other character in the film is a gigantic arsehole, um, and it's just not funny at all. I mean, it's it's it, it, like I said, it is just it is the tropes of what you would very broadly describe as the comedy of that character uh, boils down and written with even less nuance and rehashed. Uh, rehashed, actually, that's a good thing. A lot of the a lot of the jokes. I mean, I'm sure they're kind of done in the name of homage. A lot of the stuff just feels like it's kind of literally being redone from the office um and and is and is often the case with with gervais if you followed his work for ages and you've listened to all the podcasts and radio shows you're hearing little bits just be fucking trotted out that he did 20 years ago on smaller platforms that i guess he hopes people don't know um like the big the big climactic number in the film is he does uh, don't cry it's christmas the the um, Santa's come, you know that stupid fucking yeah. song he did many years ago. Like that's the big thing. Uh, the 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 penultimate musical number is Equality Street, which again he did. You know, uh, like <laughs> does he think people watch one of his works and then never watch anything else ever again? So there's no way there'll be an overlap. There's no way anyone else could have seen that fairly big YouTube video he did where he did that song. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah, absolutely dreadful, like a waste of 90 minutes. Um, I, I knew about 10 minutes in it was going to be the shit, and it really was. Um, so that was rubbish. Um, so I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to clean that out um, of my, my brain by watching the, the Office Christmas specials at some point this month to, uh, to make me feel good again. But yeah, that was my one movie this week. I don't think I'll ever watch... Uh... Brent Life on the Road. No, don't. You're not going to get I, anything from it. It's not. It's not amusingly bad. Um, I'm not sure if it, would, if it would annoy me more or less if they did this, but they don't even try to make any kind of connections to the original series. It's literally just he, he extracted this character out and and put him in a new setting. Um, that's it. It's funny because not to talk too much about the office in there, but I, and I think it's maybe even less so true of the the US. The, the much more famous uh, version by now. But I think, in a sense, the star of the original Office wasn't even Brent. It was The Office. So yes. to take him out of that into, and put him into a different uh, world 
without even seeing it, it doesn't work. Like, <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the reason that show worked was, you know, the characters and their interplay, but more so the fact that it was the mundanity of everyday life, which everyone can relate to. I don't know that I can relate to being, you know, uh, having it in my head that I'm a rock star and going on a tour, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch that, unfortunately. Um, but I will watch my cousin Vinny, because that sounds a lot better. Yeah, that sounds much better. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't watched uh, anything uh, myself. Um, tentatively trying to make plans to see The Irishman in cinemas before it comes to Netflix, but I don't know if it's going to work out. The Irishman. The Irishman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I refer, of course, to Chris O'Dowd in his new movie that doesn't exist. Ah, um, yes, I'm in the Joe Pesci's here, uh, Fekus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling! Yeah. Uh, we got quite a bit to chat about here. I'm still a little bit behind on the old NWA power. What's going on there? Um, what happened this week? Uh, Cole Cabana did a promo that was good. They had a mystery man known as the question mark um, wrestling a match. He had like a, a mask with a question mark over his face. And he also had a really big belly. Big belly welly. Um, Stop it, just this man. Like the throwback. Yeah, I don't know who he is. I was, I was looking at his face, but I couldn't place whether it's you know someone who was a kind of nineties or Attitude Era sort of name. If it is, I didn't recognise them. That'd be interesting to find out. And um, slightly strange kind of tag match uh, that ended with an angle with Magnus and Camilla. Um, also, an, an appearance by the Rock and Roll Express, who are, seem to be more over now than they were in the in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. They run every every show going. It's great. Good good for them. They'll they'll be in NXT before not too long. I should expect. And uh, yeah, good good show. Good show overall. Uh, Paul, any thoughts on NXT lately? Um. Well, I think I mentioned already last episode that NXT during this Survivor Series build has been weirdly kind of diluted. Um, because it's simultaneously building to war games, but also to Survivor Series. Mm. So characters who are facing each other at war games are showing up on Raw and SmackDown to be like, NXT! So it's a little bit all over the place in terms of what is actually going on. And I think especially Finn Balor and his kind of return has been kind of lost in that shuffle. Um, there were two very good matches, though, on this uh, show. Keith Lee against Roderick Strong had as good a match as you could probably imagine that those two would have. Uh, very, very good stuff. And then the main event was a ladder match between Mia Yim and Io Shirai, which fe- featured some crazy spots. And Shirai drop-kicking a ladder right into Mia Yim's face and I think breaking her nose. But there was blood everywhere. Um, Nasty. But they had a very good match, as you'd expect. Um, I, 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 
not to generalize or be a bold boy, but I, I part of me did wonder whether this was Triple H with one eye on AEW and said, well, let's put our two ladies of Asian descent in and see what they can do. Ooh. And I tell you, they had, a bl- they had a bloody good match. That's what they did. Um, also, Kaylee Ray uh, appeared, and she's going to be in the War Games match. Um, uh, Finn Balor is going to wrestle Matt Riddle as well at War Games. I can't imagine that's going to be anything other than a really great mm-hmm. match. Um, War Games looking like you know, you're typically strong. Um, take over uh, also good was Leo Rush against Angel Garza but to put my Jim Hort- Cornette hat on for a second a lot of finisher kickouts and in my mind I think finisher kickout is okay when it's uh, the Undertaker kicking out of Shawn Michaels finish or, or something along those lines right when Angel Garza who's been on TV for like a month is kicking out Leo Rush's finish. It makes Leo Rush look a bit weak. Yeah. Um, but their match was their match was quite good as well. Um, so yeah, nothing maybe worth going out of your way to watch, but a, a fine show. Mm. And War uh, Games is this weekend, isn't it? Uh, I think it is. Yes, yeah, I think Yes, I think this coming weekend Is, Jesus, uh, War Games And Survivor Series, fucking hell Yeah Um, Busy week Um, Okay uh, We can chat about AEW as well Can we we talk about about The fallacy Uh, What? The fallacy A new faction in NXT. I was going to say, yeah. Like, yeah. Only Lorcan, Keith Lee. Uh, <laughs> well, quite frankly, the fallacy is that new word we got to get over. Oh, we're, out, we're live. Uh, hey, Fat TV fans. Um, the fallacy <laughs> that uh, John Moxley is a good promo and that people were mad because <laughs> he hadn't had a promo. His promo this week was shite. Oh, Mr. Bad Opinion Haver. You are out to lunch, baby. Ooh, don't be eating during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For air. Nom, 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 nom. Delicious bad tastes. I think Cody last week showed you what a good pro sounds like. He just fucking (laughs) rambles. He just walks around and rambles and his... doesn't build to a crescendo. He just uh, hey and and yeah, I'm an angry guy and I'm gonna be hey and I'm fucking off the leash and uh, uh, and then he just turns the mic and leaves. There's like no cadence to his promo. He just mutters and rambles like a crazy man, and not in a good way. Not in a you know uh, a Jake Roberts or a, or I don't know a Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack. He just he just whatever comes in his head. Yeah, that's how people speak. They say whatever comes into their heads. Yeah, but he doesn't. He doesn't do it in a way that excites me or like. Okay, I don't want to use Cody uh, and his promo last week as as the um, comparison because that was like a, such a, such a good promo. 
But yeah, I just watched because you, you know there's people on the uh, on Twitter and so on going, oh, they've gone four weeks, they haven't given Moxley a mic yet, blah blah blah. And here we go, he's got the microphone, he's going to give us a promo, and he's just like muttering and rambling. But he got his point across. He's like, he opened with a joke, which is good. He goes, that one counts, right? Which is nice. I like that because <laughs> uh, he beat Michael Nakazawa. And then he was like, I'll fight anyone, and anyone wants to fight me, I'll prove I'm really tough, and I'll fuck you up. That's like, what? What's wrong with it? Yeah, but he said that in like five minutes, mixed in with a load of nonsense. It wasn't five minutes. Five minutes? What is this? Oh, your attention span is broken because you're too playing Pokemon, probably. <laughs> and I'm not just saying this to be a contrarian, by the way. I, I honestly, well, after he finished, I went, after he finished, I was like, what the fuck was that? I think we can all agree what we think about that one. What about, like, the other week when he cut that great promo about how untold levels of violence and and, and the likes of which you've never seen, Kenny Omega, I'll kill you, you know, all that shit. That was great. I don't even remember that promo, so... not paying attention. Too busy trying to catch a Charmander, probably. Oh. Anyway. The game game only came out on Friday. The squash oh, was good. What did you guys think of the rest of the show then? Um, Dark Order versus Jurassic Express is, was good. Really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I just love the Jurassic Express so much. It's just yeah. such a fun. They they are fantastic. And when Luchasaurus returned, I popped big because I yeah. I love their little group. He did come out and literally do the Hulk Hogan beatdown from TNA. <laughs> At the, at the speed that Hulk Hogan did it. He yeah. hit the slowest spin kick I've ever seen. But I couldn't help but kind of love it anyway. Yeah, I kind of like, it was a bit like that, but I did love it. And especially when he put um, Jungle Boy Jack Perry on his shoulders and it was like, yeah, they're back together. I was hoping that they are going to put then Marco Stunt on Jungle Boy's shoulders. <laughs> That's what I thought. I don't think it's physically possible. But... No. But, um... Ah, oh, they're grey, aren't they? And he put the little mask on again. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. It looked like Mar- Marcus Lunt was gonna join the Dark Order, though. What a little sneak. Until Jack... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah little tease. Little tease. Yeah. He can't be trusted. Um, ah, oh, Luchasaurus, man, he's great. But he was moving, like, at the speed of a glacier. I don't know, is he still, like, hurt? Um... They, they, he must, yeah. He's they, been out a they made re- they made mention in commentary the fact that he was like back early. He wasn't due back till like January or something. But um, mm. oh, I couldn't believe how slow he was moving. Um, although when the three lads were standing in a line, I did think to myself, "He's got to kick them all in one kick," <laughs> and then he did. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, that being said, I think the rest of the show was probably the weakest show they've done so far. No, I think. But <laughs> what is wrong with you today? Uh, what do you mean? I thought this was. I thought this and last week's show were like two of my favorites so far. Oh uh, no, I think uh, this kind of played into what we were talking about about not giving too much away on TV and kind of holding back a little bit. I think, and I'm not complaining. I just think this was the least in terms of having all the names on the show doing the biggest angles. This was kind of the most. Tame of the shows they've done, I think. 
I liked um, I I did like that tag match by the way. Yeah. I, I I thought Jr. was better on this show, but I think a factor in that was probably that like the two tag matches, everyone was obeying the rules. The Dark Order match, especially, they were they were tagging in and out. They were cutting the ring in half. They were having a Jr. friendly match. But in general, I thought he was pretty good. Um, I thought the, uh, I thought the Dark Order were good in the match, but is the little promo they did after? Uh, I thought it was rubbish. Where Uno, yeah, was like, I, yeah. I respect your decision. Uh, put him down. Ah, oh, it didn't work at all. I need. I need, They got to get rid of the creepers. They're terrible. They just take. They just take the act down and make it feel so. Um, uh, so windy. Yeah, um, it's rinky dink. Um, I, I it was. It loved. Go on. Go on. I tell you what I love, and I tell you who's who's reminded you why he's the greatest of all time, and it's Chris Jericho, right? Chris Jericho's segment with MJF was tremendous. I actually didn't like it that much. Oh, oh you are having a motherfucking laugh. I, I just think the whole... I th- I thought the whole, um, do you want me to be in the circle? Do you want to be... was funny. I just thought it went on too long. Like they, <sighs> they stretched that joke out forever. God, the attention span. What? Oh, come on now. And then, like, and then Cody came out and Wardlow came out. That <laughs> was another bit of Wardlow. Come Wardlow, on. I know. Um, he made Cody blood come out of his cut again. Um, <laughs> I, I love the Cody run out because I think, you know, when they do Cody coming out, that does take me back to the me childhood, the little the big star coming out for the run-in. Um, yeah. God, Wardlow might be the biggest geek in the whole world, though. He's like he's like Mason <laughs> Ryan 2.0. He laid out, Cody, you idiot! I know he did, but he I don't mean a geek in terms of the, the, the logic of the show. I'm talking I'm guy. shooting, brother. He is a geekaloid with his little man <laughs> one. Oh, stay him. He's about seven foot tall, and he fucking stuff you in a locker. I'm telling you that much. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Wardlow, oh, you... what a stupid name. That's like a, a businessman <laughs> on Oxford Street. We called Mister Wardlow. It's called the guy who just called him a geekaloid. <laughs> he's a wrestling geekaloid. <laughs> he is. He is a no hoper. <laughs> But he's in the perfect role. He's in the MJF uh, fucking bodyguard role. Like, what else? That's fine. That's fine. And to give credit where it's due, MJF and Jericho's delivery was was very good. MJF is very funny. Jericho is very funny. I just think that that one joke they were doing went a little too long. I was like, okay, Mm. get to the point already. And um, also, it kind of ended without the, him joining, or did he join? It wasn't wasn't clear what what the point of the promo was. Well, no, he's not. I don't think he's going to join. No, no, he did, said no. I think that was pretty fair. Um, I'll tell you what was funny as well. After the Dark Order and uh, Jurassic Express match ended, uh, the next segment started, and like the lights went out, like it was a big star coming in. <laughs> and I went, oh, here's um, <laughs> Sean Spears. And it was Sean Spears. Oh, I never got up and went to the toilet so fast. 
I've got to stop doing that because every time they turn the lights off, you think it's going to be some big surprise, and it's Ty Dillinger and his little chair. Oh. It's just constant disappointment. Yeah. What another? Game. Although I did love Darby Allen's uh, promo after the match. He's Marshall. great. He's so great. Accept your challenge. That was great. Yeah, he's 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 so he's so Jeff Hardy like he really is. He's Jeff Hardy, but a good wrestler and good on the mic, so he's even better in a sense. <laughs> and I don't know that he's got a DUI up until now. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure on that. Um, what else happened? <laughs> I just realised Darby Allen's surname is All In. <laughs> Didn't we have a episode titled or something like that? Darby All In? I don't remember. That's a. Um, they had a weird segment where Shivani was interviewing Ali, and she was like, "I'm so happy to be here in Tennessee or whatever it was." Poor then, Ali, like, she's bad. <laughs> she's bad. <laughs> and like she's, uh, and like, I I won't act like I've watched ten million hours of her wrestling, right? But I, anytime I watched her in Impact and all the stuff I've seen of her in this match, she's horrible in the ring from what I've seen. And then this, I realized she was put out there just to awkwardly talk for five seconds before Khan came out. But oh my god. Well, it's funny because she was out having an interview and then Kong and Brandy Rhodes come out and they haven't done anything, right? They haven't done anything bad here in this segment. And then Ali just started punching her in the face. So when Kong beat her up and cut her hair off, I was like, good. Well, but she knew what was coming. Yeah, she, was, she should have oh, ran Michael away. Myers she should have ran the other direction. Oh, why were they running away from Michael Myers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I better not. I better not. Um, you know, I better wait till I'm attacked. Yeah, innocent <laughs> like, until proven guilty. Like a, like a fucking Skyrim NPC. I'll stand here until they hit. <laughs> oh my god, what is wrong? What is wrong with you this week? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, and another thing. Why was Shivani standing on the left? Why wasn't he standing on the right of Ali? Oh, oh. Well, they always work the left. That's what they do in wrestling, Barry. And the, re- the real reason is so that you could see his lovely earring. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What is he? 60 year old Shivani with his earrings in. I love it. Oh. I love it. Oh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Pack and Adam Page had another good match. Yeah. Very good. Uh, like to finish, Pack just kicking the shit out of his head was really good. <laughs> it's definitely an effective uh, tactic. And uh, the main event. No, we had a brawl between the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz. Oh yes, yeah, that was that was good. That was good. <laughs> it was good sometimes, and then there was no, bits where just... they like kicked the toilet door open and Orange Cassie was standing there because. That was funny. Why do you yes, but it, it's not like it's not like he threw Matt Jackson through the door and Nick Jackson standing there not giving a shit. It's just <laughs> he, he goes to the door and Nick Jackson's there on the toilet reading the paper. Mid shit or something. Just a little no, bit but like what? I I'm I'm being told that I'm I'm being too loud. Um fucking AW yeah, everything has talking. to be everything oh. has to be fine for their company, it's stupid company. Just don't do the Orange Cassidy bit. Do a serious no, that brawl. Was classic. That was classic attitude era. Ugh. 
No. Series brawl with a little bit of comedy. Doesn't get much better than that. Uh, no, I, I didn't like that. And, um, I didn't like that. I liked the bit where they like drew the circle on the thing and powerbombed them through it. That was, that's clever. That's a clever little gimmick for uh, Proud and Powerful to have. But the little Orange Cassidy would be like, oh, God, they can't help themselves. Everything has to yeah. be a wink and a nod. Yeah, be good. It wasn't good. Main event was good. Main event was good, yeah. Main event was good. SCU are just a bit boring, aren't they, though? Uh, um, I'm I'm liking Scorpio Sky. Yeah, good job with him. And I like I like the idea that I assume I think their I think their next pay per view is February, so they're going to have to kill a little bit of time and do like a television feud. And if that's going to be Jericho versus Scorpio Sky, I'm willing on that. I think that's I think that's very cool. Um, yeah, I, I can take or leave the other two. I mean, yeah, I've never been into Kazarian. Daniels is grand in the role he's in. Um, but yeah, I like, I like Scorpio a lot. Uh, Guevara and Jericho are a great team. Guevara has been great um, so far. I like the video he did on his YouTube channel as well with Phoenix and the ref doing the hot uh, Dorito chip thing. Very funny. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Guevara also, as well as being good, he's like, he's a proper modern gimmick as well. Like yeah. He feels like a real person in 2019, you know? Of his mm-hmm. age, I mean. So thumbs up for him. And Jericho is obviously endlessly entertaining. Um So yeah. Um yeah, so that was AEW there for another week. Got a little bit of wrestling news to chit-chat about. We did have after uh, so much speculation um uh, in recent in recent weeks, we did have the return of Mr. C. M. Punk to, to um, how would you describe it? I guess the WWE family of broadcasts. Maybe um, he got the uh, much rumored role on uh, uh, Fox Sports One's WWE backstage show. Uh, as as some kind of analyst or in, or or panelist or whatever, mm-hmm. he just came out this week as a surprise, and next week he'll be on the show properly. But uh, yeah, what do we make with that? I mean, the first the first foot is now in the door. To him coming back, obviously, he is technically a Fox uh, employee in in this instance. But uh, back back in the WWE, back operating under a WWE banner is the point. Back in the fold. Mm-hmm. A bit underwhelming. Yeah, I would say p- pitiful. <laughs> I felt pity for this man, um, in the sense that he he left with his pride in 2014, which is especially nowadays with people asking for their releases. It's not mm. something that a lot of people get to do. He left with his pride. He um, he got to write his comic books, which is what something he wanted to do. He tried his MMA thing. I mean, hilariously underwhelming at that, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. And then he comes back uh, in this little show that no one watches and comes out at the end with Paige going, oh, my God, with his old music playing. And he comes up to the camera and he can't even, the light and you can't even see his face. And he goes, just when you think you got the answers, 
I changed the culture. See you next week. I was like, oh my god, you've sold out your moral fucking... Ugh. What? It's just a sad little story for a sad little man. Mm. Oh. I went off to be big UFC. Not even that he went off to be the big UFC thing, but he kind of, you know, himself and Moxley stood by their, you know, their beliefs and their they, mm-hmm. they, they, they vindicated themselves and they, they turned down the big money and, and they left. Uh, and only one of them so far has come back with, okay, it's Fox or whatever, but he's come back with his little tail between his legs and he's on the WWE show with Paige and Booker T and that. And, you know, I, I hope he's happy. I hope he's happy doing it. But when I saw the clip, I, and I don't even mean this, you know, again, Maybe I'm playing up the contrarianism a little, a tiny little bit. But honestly, when I saw the clip of him returning, I just felt, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. So sad I to agree. see that clip, you know? Because he's kind of caught now between two in the terms of he's, he's, he's not come back proper to WWE. And maybe his pride is so that he won't ever come back, fair enough. But he kind of has to an extent. And... Because it was so kind of matter of fact and so not a big deal, I feel like now if he kind of came back to Raw or SmackDown, that that's less of a big deal, you know? Yeah, because the, the the cap was taken off the toothpaste by him walking out onto this empty set while someone in the background goes, "Oh my god!" No, that's fucking New Jersey. Page <laughs> <laughs> going, "Is this a rib?" Is this a rib? Uh, hello, bloody hell. Is this a wib? I can't... Oh, Jonathan Ross has showed up. Um, <laughs> is this a wibby? But the point is just like these squawking idiots. And it's like, it's like, yeah, I don't take any solace in him being, oh, well, you know, it's technically a Fox thing and he's not really back in WWE. Like, I'll check it out out of curiosity. I haven't watched any of this backstage thing. I'll check it out out of curiosity, but you know for a fact it's going to be... So, Punk, who do you think NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw? Who you got? That's going to be the vibe. You know, It's not going to be him talking about how uh, this is a load of shies and, and, mm. and please release the revival so that they can be happy. You know, It's, it's not going to be any of that. You know, He's being, he's being paid because... My understanding, again, I have not watched it. I've only seen little clips. And I've heard people talk about it. But my understanding is that these back, this backstage show, it is ostensibly just like the pre-shows and the post-shows have always been. It's a little fluff piece mm. of nonsense. Yeah, and I'm, I'm getting kind of Jerry Lawler commentating on SmackDown vibes where he's not, unless he is actually going to watch Raw, SmackDown, and NXT every week. He's not necessarily going to know what's going on. And if he is watching them every week, then I feel even more pity for him. It's got to <laughs> not just come back with his tail between his legs, but also have to watch, um, what is it, seven hours of WWE programming every week. Seven hours of total shine. Eleven on pay-per-view weeks. Like, like, there's something that we, as people who have been doing a podcast about wrestling for ten years, even we don't watch that stuff anymore. Mm. No, I think he'd probably be fairly scripted. I think the overall the show itself is probably quite scripted in terms of even the opinions that they have. I don't think it's something that yeah. they're just let riff, you know. Um, I mean, even even the, the, the what I was mentioned what I mentioned there about the the 
similarities to a uh, pre and post show for Raw or the pay per views. It, it's all the same people. It's like Booker T and Renee Young and Paige. You know what I mean? It's Samoa Joe was on it this week. And these these people who, even if it was a shoot, you wouldn't be especially interested in what they had to say about anything. Um, you know, so yeah, a bummer. I, I'm I'm completely with you guys. I disappointing, and and whether people think it's it's unfair or not, even if he showed up on Raw or like even if he showed up on the main show in a main event angle, I always thought him going back to WWE was the least compelling outcome of this whole saga. It's like I don't want to I don't want to see him go back there and get the same little okay here's a little push to make you happy that Sasha Banks and the revival gets. Like mm. I would much rather him go and do something new anywhere, anywhere at all beyond just go back there and. and go back to the status quo. I think him coming back to Raw or SmackDown would still be a huge deal. But to yep. me, as someone who stayed up and watched his UFC fights and kind of seen why he's done post-WWE, he's kind of, like, I think I've mentioned this before, but him himself and his brand have been so kind of diluted and <laughs> and made a joke of. Like, he was a joke in the UFC. Um... Like no one could take him seriously on any level, and you know how can how can you take him seriously? Known again, yeah, that he's come come back with his kind of tail between his legs. Mm. He's kind of yeah, he's kind of a, a tragic figure. And even if he were to return properly, like how much fire is in the tank for him to really do anything remarkable? Like you can see what they've done. Fuck this year and last year they've had you know Daniel Bryan return from a career ending injury Roman Reigns return from cancer and they didn't do fuck all either of those two men yeah and you know CM Punk coming back even more so now that he's on this little Fox show but him coming back within a month he'd just be another guy and that would be the saddest thing of all Mm. You're right. Yeah. First correct opinion of the day, Paul. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Hopefully, he, during his return, he wouldn't open a door and uh, uh, fucking <laughs> Darren Ryder be having his shit. Close the door, bro. Zack Ryder playing with his action figures. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he'd be pinned on himself. Because even Zack Ryder in his own wrestling logic wouldn't put himself <laughs> Um So we talked a little bit about people asking for releases. Apparently only Lorcan is the latest of those. It's a goddamn yeah. shame because he's a, one of the good guys whenever he's on NXT. He's a real fun guy to watch. That's the thing, is that like he is consistent like it's we- he is consistently used in some respects. Um but it's like He's always on the C shows like 205 and NXT, and even when he's on a takeover or something like that, he's the loser. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's it's it's kind of obvious he's liked, but he'll never be pushed. Like he'll never ever be pushed. Um, yeah, he did. <clears throat> he doesn't strike you as Vince McMahon's type of wrestler anyway. Um, uh, you know, straightforward look and just goes out and has good matches, and that's about it. Um, but uh, I think he's great. I'd fucking love to see him. Uh, freed up get him over here I'd watch him every month on OTT if I could um, 
Yeah, I wonder. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, he seemed to be having the time of his life in 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 Germany there in WXW in October. I wonder was that kind of a was that kind of a, a an eye opening moment where he's like, God, I could just I could go back to doing you know wrestling that I really like and that I care about and that with fans who are receptive to it. And, you know what I mean? Um, who knows? Yeah. So I'd add him to the list. Sin Cara also since the last time we were on. Uh, requested and denied, um, which is fascinating. I love that they can just be like, "No, you you may not quit." That's cool. Nice, seems like a nice, cool, regular place to work. Yeah. Um, well, you have to do the CM Punk thing if you want to leave. You just stop going. <laughs> uh, yeah, or, or you know, Park as well, and, and, and like you've like people like ACH who had another kind of Twitter episode this week. Like really, like he had he went on a very angry rant that he then deleted a video rant where he said he, uh, he fucked WWE and I quit, and then he was like, uh, then he did another one where he calmed down where he's like, I will no longer be working for them, which made it sound like he had been like let go, but his his status still seems very much up in the air. Like I wonder as time goes on, now ACH is a very that's a very specific case, but as time goes on, I do wonder how much are people going to start acting out to try and get themselves fired. That's that's the thing that really interests me. Yeah, because mm. it yeah. seems like even despite the acting out, that nothing is kind of happening with that one. So I, yeah. I don't know what the best approach is for people who want to get out. It seems like the current model is ask for your release and then publicly make it known that you've asked for it to kind of put some pressure on. Um, and it's funny that this is all happening in the fallout of the whole Saudi Arabia deal. Oh, of course, yeah. Um. So, yeah, interesting. Times. I, think, I, I think the, the you know in the specific case of ACH, kind of what makes his thing complicated is they don't they don't want the PR of this guy kicked up a fuss about us being racist, and so we we fired him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure they would rather they would prefer, probably prefer not to have the headache of dealing with him and let him go. But they are also PR conscious, so it's kind of a tough bind. I, I'm sure they will. They might do an old that uh, when. Morrow briefly left. They might do that old thing where they'll come to some agreement where, like, look, if you put out a statement saying that we're actually sound, um, we'll let you go. <laughs> I would not be surprised if that happened because he obviously wants out. And like he, he won that NXT tournament. Like they obviously they'd used him a little bit, but generally speaking, like he was a lower down NXT guy. It's it's not like they have to keep him. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. So fascinating times in in wrestling as usual, as has always been the case. Um, uh, yeah, I mean these 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 are stories that are not going to get resolved in the in the near future, or possibly in the long term future. I think for people like Busek and Sinkara and all the other guys, I think it's very much going to be a case of just wait out your wait out your deal. But um, but yeah, that's the. That's the wrestling news for this week, lads. Hmm. Uh, as mentioned, uh, NXT and uh, Survivor Series this weekend. I will probably try and watch both of them. I actually usually like Survivor Series. I think the I think the, the show looks kind of weird on paper, but looks kind of all right. Hmm. Um, uh, certainly the interpromotional matches, I don't really care much for Brian versus The Fiend or whatever the fuck, but you got to do. Yeah, there's only three uh, matches so far announced for War Games, which is interesting. Well, albeit yeah. there's still one live show to come on Wednesday, but uh, 
But also the t- two of two of the three are war games matches, so they're gonna be long. They're gonna be long. Uh, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, who like one of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment, surely. Bianca Belair and Kaylee Ray. Uh, you then have Undisputed Era versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, and Question Mark, not the one from NWA. Um, so one more person to be announced, presumably on this week's TV, and then Matt Riddle, Finn Balor. That's all that's announced. That's, that should be great. Uh, doing two war games on the one show, probably a little bit of overkill, but I'm sure they'll both be good anyway. So yeah, It's interesting because all the champions are in one of the matches. Because honestly, they have all the male titles. You, you probably yeah. have uh, a rematch of Leo Rush, Angel Garza, because their f- match... On this week's TV, you had a like foot on the rope finish that the ref didn't see, so they're probably oh, right, match right. them. Uh, so we can ex- probably expect that to be added as well. Um, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's um, that would be good. Um, Adam Cole has a long week ahead of him. Yeah. He's there, much as they did this week with the women. They're having a men's ladder match to determine the person advantage in yeah. war games, mm-hmm. and Adam Cole is in that. He's then in War Games itself, and then he's on Survivor Series as well. Um, so I imagine he'll be standing on that apron for quite a while in the in the Survivor Series match. Yeah. Um, especially those, those War Games matches. The WWE, the NXT ones, they have set the precedent of going absolutely mental in them. So uh, and Adam Cole has apparently a, a fractured wrist at the moment as well. So Oh, good. Yeah. So he's holding up well, but uh, yeah. So we will. T- well, so yeah. We, you know, we've mentioned before. Obviously, busy, busy time of year. Uh, so I will not be here on Sunday or Monday next week for a show. Unfortunately, I will be uh, a roving reporter for the weekend. I will be at the British J Cup in uh, beautiful York Hall in London. Uh, where Joe will not be. Joe will also be away. He'll be over there in SoCal. Hollywood, California. So, yeah. So, I'm very excited about that. Get to see Tessa Blanchard live for the first time, which is cool. Amazing Red and a couple of other people. So, that's nice. And, uh, yeah. So, and I, as I said, I won't be back on Monday either. So, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll... I mean, it would be nice to get a show done with two big shows over the weekend, but unfortunately, that just might not be possible. But uh, keep your eye on the old Twitter uh, for updates anyway. And we'll, be, we'll be back at some point in the next two weeks, regardless. But uh, yeah, don't don't uh, get your hopes up for a show uh, next weekend, unfortunately. No. Um, if you want to keep up with us in the interim, you can follow at Griff Tannen, at the Barry Lad, and at Paul Griffin CSP mm-hmm. on Twitter.com to keep up with us and our various exploits. Uh, you can also follow at ChairShotPod as well for updates about the show. So, uh, ChairShotPodcast.com as well if you want to send us an email. And yeah, we'll be back uh, most likely in about two weeks unless we work out something in the interim, which we may do. You know, we did a Tuesday show and whatever, what have you there last week, so we will might figure something out. But uh, in the meantime, we will say goodbye for now and thanks for listening. It's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye.